Kathleen Clark and I'm the Computing at School National Community Manager and in this Cas Inspire story we will be shining a light on yet another inspiring educator, Jennifer King, in which she will be asked to share what has led her to a career in education, her hopes for the profession, successes, challenges faced and how they were overcome, along with tips for new entrants into the profession and how to encourage a diverse and inclusive learning environment. I hope you enjoy listening and consider joining the Computing at School community after work. My guest today is Jennifer King. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Beverly, for having me. Uh, you are most welcome. I'll share with our listeners now a short biography around Jennifer's achievements. Jennifer is an award-winning international thought leader in education with over 20 years of experience in the education sector from classroom to corporations. Jennifer works for Microsoft Education UK. She's passionate about the successes of students and their teachers and how the power of technology can transform the way they work and learn. Jennifer was previously the head of film and media at Strode's College in Surrey before starting her own education consultancy, JKES, which was a Microsoft education partner with a focus on digital transformation, project-based learning and teacher professional development. Jennifer is also the creator of Teacher Education Programme. She has been a schools engagement lead for Microsoft in the UK since 2019, after returning from the Microsoft Corporation in Seattle, where she was the Director of Education in the 21st Century Jobs, Skills and Employability team. Jen, these are absolutely fantastic achievements. I'd like to start with asking you and sharing with our listeners some international perspectives around education. Well, where to start with that question? (laughs) (laughs) I think lockdown has really shown that we have a lot more in common amongst our education systems than we have differing when it comes down to what we need to provide our students as an education. And through the last year, we've really found out that school is more than school and we have found out that parents can become teachers Um, but also that schools are able to function and still provide an education without having students in the classroom physically with them and this has been a transformation and a, a new way of thinking across the entire globe of what kind of possibilities can come now from being able to teach any student anywhere? That's really good to hear. I mean, the change in classroom with the new, newly emerging classroom, that's one of the lasting impacts of the pandemic. Uh, in your biography, you've worked in education for over 20 years. What led you to a career in education? Oh, well... My mom is a teacher, and my aunt's a teacher, and my grandmother's a teacher, and I was adamant I would not become a teacher. (laughs) And I tried everything in my power not to become a teacher, and I I studied fine art at university. I I worked um, as a designer in in Manhattan. Um, I tried uh, history for a while, and, and none of it was fulfilling. I just, none of it made me happy. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then I, I tried a service, um, a service project to, uh, in America called the Peace Corps. Um, and I, it's, it's a grass grassroots humanitarian project. And 
they sent me to teach, um, which is sort of silly because I was the one who was taught the entire time about what life is like. And, and, and really, they taught me how to teach. But the passion that I felt in front of a classroom and, and being with young people and seeing that light bulb moment, I was hooked forever. So that's really how it happened. Well, it's really great to hear that. And I did smile when you mentioned not wanting to be a teacher because that, that I have had those thoughts earlier in my career also. With, you know, Both parents were teachers. Okay, so that has led you into the education world and you've also been an, an award-winning teacher. So could you share with our listeners some of those awards that you have gained? Yes. Well, um, it really started with um, Microsoft and me being interested in the different types of technology I could use uh, with my students beyond the basic PowerPoint and Word. Um, I would say that as, as a young teacher, then I was quite innovative of, of the ways that my students could use technology to create things. As a film and media teacher, we were, we were making films and, and podcasts and, and magazines and all kinds of um, uh, really great products were coming from it. But the idea of this thing called the app was just emerging. <laughs> and, and we were like, well, how does one create an app? Like, let's, let's see if, if we can figure that out. And, and really, it was a partnership with Microsoft that, that helped me figure out um, how I could bring to life what was then a very complex idea um, and, and bring it to my, to my students. And the first project we did was for the um, 2012 Olympics, not to age me or this project. <laughs> but this was, this was, we created an app, created an app for it. And, um, and it got some notoriety and, and Microsoft noticed and, and they wanted to put me forward for an innovative educator award for creative use of technology in the classroom. And it, it really was quite ahead of its time in getting students to create apps. I mean, now it's it's pretty common to have students code things and and make a robot, you know, uh, in the red uh, rocket car challenge and this sort of thing. But but back then it was it was quite new. Um, and then from there, I sort of got the bug of of bringing industry into the classroom, um, not just having everything be theoretical. Although I, I taught B techs and A levels, it it still felt very theoretical, and I needed to have that partnership with businesses. And so we did a lot of um, we did a lot of projects and a lot of challenges and a lot of a lot of um, partnerships with local businesses. And um, and so we we won some awards that way uh, as well. And it was it was really the start of understanding how industry can truly impact the employability of students. Because at the end of the day, most of my students were doing very well on their exams um, and their and their VTech uh, projects. But what I cared about most was when I could see them in a few years, they'd be financially stable, they'd have a job, they would be happy in their careers. That that really was why I was a teacher, not to get them to pass an exam, but to make sure that they'd be okay as adults um, and, and, and be happy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more in the whole idea of getting 
industry working with the classroom is something that's very near and dear to my heart and one of the reasons which you know, got me really involved in computing at school to start with many many years ago and I do like hearing from you about creating an app for the 2012 Olympics which took place right here in well my, my city London <laughs> quite here as your adopted homeland um, and the 2012 Olympics was the first digital Olympics so that was really really key um, You've mentioned Microsoft there, so your career has led you to Microsoft and you are currently the school's engagement lead with Microsoft. What does this role entail? Well, there aren't very many of me in the world <laughs> at Microsoft. At my, if you're like at a gigantic corporation and, and you have these very set roles, you know, you can be an account executive or you could be um, a program manager or you could be an engineer and, and they have a lot of these roles and there's, there's thousands of these um, people that have this job title. But um, in the entire company of Microsoft, there's only a handful of learning solution specialists that have my role um, and uh, and we never call ourselves that outside of Microsoft because no one knows what that means. <laughs> but effectively what we are is, is we are um, generally uh, former educators who bring our expertise of what it means to teach in the classroom of technology into the business to inform product and to, and to really uh, work with teachers and senior leaders to, to really see things from their perspective. Um, and then that has grown to, to really start thinking about how do we help every school and every student and every teacher be empowered with technology in the classroom. And that has never been more important than it has been this past year. I have been very busy <laughs> and it's been such an honor to be in this role at this time in this point in history to say that we have trained so many educators that we have been able to enable them to use Microsoft Teams for them to be able to use Flipgrid but more importantly to keep that connection with their students to make sure their students are safe to make sure that their students are engaged, that they're able to collaborate, be creative, um, and still have a meaningful experience even while being at home. Um, and as a parent myself, you, you know what your children are going through and, and how sad it is that they aren't physically at school. Um, but knowing that how hard every teacher has been working this year and last year, how hard they're working to engage all of their students. Um, and I have just been so honored to be able to work with so many amazing educators around the UK. Thank you, Jen. It's really great to hear of your successes and also rising to the challenges presented by the pandemic. Could you expand a bit further around programs that Microsoft runs to support teachers and students that our listeners can register for? Absolutely. Um, so for teachers, the best place to start is the Microsoft Educator Center, which is at education.microsoft.com. There you have 24-7 access to all of the best pedagogical driven um, courses on Microsoft products 
and more than that. We have um, courses on accessibility. We have courses on 21st century learning design. We have courses on diversity. Uh, this is this is an absolute amazing platform that you can have a full school CPD uh, experience on and you gain badges and it's your first step also to joining our amazing community called the Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert Community. Um, and, and so that's the first place to go. Um, the second place would be our community. So once you're using Microsoft technologies in the classroom, and you become an MIEE, you can then start building your own little community at your school, a mini-me community. And this means that you can have a group of educators that together are learning and working together to use the technology, supporting each other, and really building that capacity in the school. Um, there's always that one teacher that you go to if something breaks or if you <laughs> don't know how this works. You know, you're like, oh, Sue can fix that. And and then Sue all has a line out her door, <laughs> um, or rather, she has people calling her all day on, on teams, you know. But but we can have we can multiply the number of Sues in a school uh, by having this this little community within the school. Um, and Microsoft is here to support you through our um, Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert Community. Um, and then the third place that you can go is. Uh, UK education events, so aka.ms slash UK education events. And these are all of the events that we run um, to teach you how to use our technology, as well as your first steps into full digital transformation of your school. If you are a student, then I highly recommend you check out MS Learn. So if you go to Microsoft.com slash learn, you can begin your journey of learning really some tech intense concepts, but you can start with Microsoft Office Specialist, and then you can move on to um, cloud computing fundamentals, Azure fundamentals, and these certifications are going to help you get jobs. So definitely check out MS Learn. And um, there's also some really cool hands-on labs. I tried one today where you can um, see how uh, facial recognition software works. Um, so you're really sort of getting hands-on with AI. Um, and then also our Microsoft Experience Center um, offers really great student courses on how to set up your LinkedIn profile, how to set up a CV, um, Minecraft, and accessibility. All of these are for students. If you go to um, Microsoft.com slash London, you can then have access to all of those events as well. That is a comprehensive program available to support teachers and students. And I'm sure many of our listeners will also relate to the Sue within their school, who they <laughs> refer to for all of their, all their IT needs. Uh, this, in your biography, you mentioned the Student Teacher Education Program. Could you just shed some light on that, shine a light on that? Absolutely. Um, it was a pilot that we ran in the UK that was picked up as a global program. And you can learn more about it at education.microsoft.com. And it really is about starting early with the mindset 
of student teachers. So before a teacher gets in the classroom and they're in their NQT year and they have a whole classroom of students staring at them before they get to that point, we all know what that feels like, (laughs) before they get there. They have a good handle on technology. They under they have a good handle on digital literacy. They know how to build in 21st century learning design into their lessons. And they also have a mindset, a growth mindset, that they should try things in front of their students, even if it fails. Because it, students need to see struggle and failure in order to know that it's okay for them as well in the future with technology. They also need to actively see us learn. They need us to like pour over things alongside with them because eventually we're going to get to a point in society where we don't have know-it-alls. We're only going to have learn-it-alls and we're all going to have to be together in constantly learning new technology. So it's great to have that growth mindset built into teacher education programs um, right off the bat. So you can um, gain your uh, Microsoft Certified Educator certification um, alongside all of this um, uh, great training that can complement any student teacher program. Thank you so much, Jen. That's really, really great. And many of our listeners you know, will relate to that understanding of you know, working with your students and failure is very important. And I, I like it, the learn it all. I, I think that's a really great, great phrase to take away. You've mentioned, take you back a couple of uh, sentences, you mentioned 21st century jobs. Could you d- uh, develop upon that for our listeners? You mentioned AI, but what what else, what else is out there? What what are we really equipping our students to do? What what are these new jobs? Well, this is also a huge topic that might need its own additional <laughs> podcast. Um, I think in well, not that I think, but the, the research is is showing that our world will generally be unrecognizable in 50 years and even before then the job market by 2030 is going to be vastly different than what it is um we are going to be moving away from a lot of roles that we consider to be very safe professions are going to go away and they're going to become automated um through ai um and and the really, as people become more knowledgeable about tech, a, a lot of these things will go away. So, uh, you know, accountancy is one of them, um, that most of that will become automated. Um, I also know that uh, um, paralegals and and um, solicitors, um, a lot of uh, sort of that role will, will be going away. But focusing less on what will go away and focusing more on what will emerge. And really what's going to emerge are roles that are going to be focused on harnessing data, understanding how to work with data sets, being able to ethically work with AI, being able to have ethical machine learning, figuring out how do we protect ourselves from our own technology, um, security, cybersecurity, all of these things will become so important. They are now, but they will become more so as we go further into the future. And so as we prepare our students, we have to start with the, the, the three C's of, of creativity, 
and um, collaboration, um, making sure that our students are able to communicate well, because these are the three C's that separate us from the fourth C, which is the computer. <laughs> we are able to make sure that, that we, as humans, emphasize what our human capabilities are and then use that to solve complex problems by harnessing the power of technology. So we, we start with the basic three C's and then you move on to coding, you move on to understanding data, data science, moving on to IoT, moving on to AI. And these are all going to be bedrocks of the future. And the faster our curriculum can pivot to help our students understand what the world of work will be in the future, the better all of our students um, will be. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's, the future is exciting. It's a, you know, it's instead of worrying about what may disappear, think about what embrace what's going to come. I think that's a really, really powerful statement. Jen, if I could take you back a, a while, way back, um, what was your experience of computing like at school? <laughs> oh, my own experience of computing at school was on um, an Apple IIe, and I believe there was a little turtle that you could program to go in a circle or a square. I don't even know if it was a circle. It was probably a square. <laughs> um, and, and it was sort of that basic computational thinking of, of algorithms. Um, I have a very distinct memory of my brother receiving a, um, a floppy disk from Microsoft back in like 1986 or something <laughs> and like seeing their old school logo on this floppy disk and him putting it into the, into the computer. Um, but honestly, I had a very gendered experience with, with technology. It, my brother had an experience with technology. I experienced technology through my brother. No one ever bought me a computer or no one ever suggested that I would be good at that. I was never given a, a, a games console, um, but, my, but my brother was, and this is no judgment on my parents at all. <laughs> my mom has raised a very staunch feminist, but I think it was, it was just something emerged at the very beginning of the, of the emergence of tech that it was very male orientated, I guess. I don't, I don't even know how they got there. But um, because of that, it wasn't really until university when I came into my own and I was like, oh, like I know how to use Flash and I know how to use um, Adobe Premiere and I know how to use uh, HTML. And, and I actually became the technology expert and my brother did not, which is quite interesting. <laughs> it, absolutely. It, indeed it is. Jen, thank you for sharing that story because so many females, you know, women of our, of, you know, a certain age and young girls growing up can really relate to that. Jen, Microsoft has many, many programs for teachers and students, and we spoke about some of them earlier. I've heard that there is also a digital skills program coming. Could you expand a bit more about that on that for our listeners, please? 
Yes, I am so excited to tell you about Explore the Digital Future program that is going to be launched in April. Um, we had Maggie Adrian Pocock um, this morning filming for us, uh, and she's going to be doing our keynote during Digital Skills Week that is happening on the 30th of April. Um, so you can tune in to that. And um, we have taken all of the best resources for computer science and for digital skills that we have across Microsoft, and we have put it into one curriculum that is aligned to the um, national curriculum and for Wales and for Scotland, um, and it will allow students to explore tech today, explore what it will look like tomorrow, but then also get hands-on with four different tracks. They'll be able to get hands-on with coding, AI, data science, and IoT. Um, so they'll be able to actually do some activities with that as well as learning. But the key thing about this program is it's not just a way for you to go and code a robot. That's not what we're doing. What we're doing here is we're trying to help young people understand that the future of the tech industry is going to be them. They are going to build the next tech industry. And Microsoft's values of inclusion, diversity, accessibility should be the bedrock of the future of the tech industry. And so we have built that into all of the units and all of the modules within this curriculum to make sure that every student feels comfortable in having a career in technology and every student understands the importance of diversity when they're creating teams, the importance of accessibility when they're creating solutions, and really having their mind open to how much good we can do in the world through technology. Thank you for sharing that with us, Jen. That, that is really important, the diversity and inclusion element, because there's so many products that are not designed well and they always tend to make the news. So I'm really glad to hear this program has been launched. Now, mentioning diversity and inclusion, could you share with us as a leader in industry, what industry is doing to support young people from disadvantaged backgrounds and also employees from underserved communities? Absolutely. We have a, um, uh, a dedication to DNI at Microsoft. Um, we believe that good tech is diverse tech, making sure that we have a diverse workforce, making sure that not only is it is it a workforce of all types of people, but that it's inclusive to all types of people. Um, and we have a saying at Microsoft, which is come as you are, do what you love. And it's so important that we're able to be our authentic selves at work. Um, and Microsoft promotes this through having our employee resource groups. So we have an employee resource group for um, for GLEAM, we have, which is our LGBTQ plus group, we have a group for accessibility for those who are neurodiverse and, and are at Microsoft, and we have um, a FAME 
um, community and we have a women's a women in tech community and all of these communities are really about supporting everyone in the work environment to feel inclusive and safe and they do so much education across the business which is wonderful elevating all kinds of, of um, uh, subjects and ideas uh, we have a transgender visibility day that's coming up um, and so it's it's really great we've all added our pronouns to our email um, signatures as an example. And so the, the ERGs really drive a lot of this. But it is truly built into our hiring practices. It's, it's built into HR. It's built into the way that, that we really honor diversity in, in all forms. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm sure our listeners really appreciated hearing that and what the work that Microsoft is doing to elevate the, all the issues around diversity and inclusion. And I particularly like, come as you are, do as you love. That's a really good phrase. So, Jen, it's been really, really inspiring to hear from you today, and I'm sure our listeners will agree. Are you ready to play a quick fire round in one word answers? I will do my best. <laughs> okay, here we go. So who inspires you in tech? Maggie Adrian Pocock. That's a great answer. I happened to have run into Maggie while shopping one day and she was a really nice person. I stopped, I took a photo with her and I spoke with her. And so Maggie's an inspiration. I'll go with that one. Okay, uh, what's your favorite app? Oh, Teams, Microsoft Teams. Teams. <laughs> Microsoft all the way. Do you have a favorite technological movie? Oh, The Martian. Is there anything that stands out in The Martian? There is this amazing line in it that has a swear word, so I won't say it, but it basically <laughs> says, we need to science the bleep out of it. And... I have always thought that that would be so powerful had Matt Damon been cast as a woman. Like, I just think that would have just been such a cry, a war cry for women to take up STEM subjects. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What is your favorite soundtrack? Oh, my favorite soundtrack. Um, the Greatest Showman. Okay, fantastic. If you could invent something to make you work better, what would it be? Probably a cloning machine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's here already in some format. Maybe, maybe just needs refining. <laughs> yeah, just one that you keep in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. okay. um, what's the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Um, probably... Ask for your seat at the table and take your seat at the table. I like that. I really like that. I think that's a great way to bring this interview to an end. Jennifer King, thank you so much. It's been really great to interview you and hear your stories. And I hope that many young people listening will aspire to achieve some of what you have achieved. I do hope that our listeners will join us again soon for another Kaz Inspires story. Jennifer King, thank you very much. Thank you.